I've been a Kids in the Hall fan since I was in high school, and I love the show so much and remember being proud that something so wild and weird and funny as hell was not only Canadian, but founded in my hometown of Toronto. And I loved uh, all the guys in the troupe. Kevin McDonald's Simon Milligan character, Mark McKinney's uh, Chicken Lady, Bruce McCullough's Gavin Kid character, Dave Foley's Axe Murderer um, character, of course, the French Fur Trappers. That was one of my... That was one of my favorite skits they did. But my favorite above everything else was Buddy Cole, played by Scott Thompson. And Scott Thompson has always been my favorite kid in Kids in the Hall. I always thought he was the breakout star, kind of like how uh, Travolta was in The Sweat Hogs. So when Nick said he he might be able to get Scott on the podcast, well, I was excited and Well, I was really super nervous. The kids in the hall being hometown heroes of mine inspired me just as much as some of my hometown musical heroes have. And as you'll hear, Scott was nothing but super warm and friendly. And of course, he was hilarious. This podcast is just a small slice of the day we spent with him. They say you shouldn't meet your heroes, but Scott Thompson is and always will be the exception to the rule. And quite simply, he rules. As always, this podcast is brought to you with the help of Blue Mic microphones. And man, those these Yeti microphones we're using for the podcast now just are just ruling, ruling. And uh, Skullcandy headphones. Get them at bluemic.com and skullcandy.com. So here we go. The official Danko Jones podcast with Scott Thompson starts now. Well, we're here. We're, we're starting. Really? And um, the podcast has started. Nick Flanagan is here with me as always. And Nick has brought his friend, um, and very honored to have him here, from uh, Scott Free Podcast, from The Fruit Blog, from The Hollow Planet, from uh, Larry Sanders Show, and of course, The Kids in the Hall. Mr. Scott Thompson. Oh, thank you very much. Yay. Thank you for being here. Wow. It is Shout out for Fruit Blog. I'm yeah. very excited about oh, that. Oh, I love the Fruit Blog. <laughs> um, now, we have known each other for, I think, 36 hours. I met you yeah. on Monday. I did, yeah. And when I met you at, at Nick's Night mm-hmm. yes. uh, at Unlovable, mm-hmm. uh, you did uh, stand-up. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I'm already a fan, already a fan, but knowing that you were coming on this podcast... Right. I just kind of wanted to update myself on right. what you've been doing lately, and I got into Fruit Blog, right. and I really got into your podcast because I'm a big podcast guy. This listening to podcasts We're on a podcast is yes. what started this one. So I've listened to all of them, and then when you walked in, I was like, "Oh my god!" I've been listening to this guy for the past two weeks. You've been in my ear for two weeks, and not only was it you, but you walked in with. Paul Bellini from Scott Free Podcast, and, and I kind of wanted to push you aside. I think what you mean to see is Paul Bellini walked in with me. Right. Exactly. Yes. I want to push you aside. He's always yes. name number Oh, my one. God. It's <laughs> Paul Bellini. And George. Yes. And, and boyfriend George, George. And I knew who George was. <laughs> uh, I didn't... I don't know if you revealed the name on the podcast. No, but now we have. We have. So yeah. I knew it was... I knew the person you were talking about, and... and uh, 
I was kind of watching them while oh. I was watching. Did they like my set? They did. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Paul's not a huge laugher. He wasn't. I noticed no. for everyone. And in the beginning, uh, I don't want to out anybody or or, or uh-uh. throw anybody under the bus, but uh, he was, you know, for the first few, he was kind of giving a courteous smile. Oh, I know. You know, um, not that everybody was watching him, but I was watching him. Right. I saw that he was smiling, and but then he was laughing a bit yeah, here and there. Good. So good. It was good. To get like Paul Blaney is always my my goal. Yes, is to make him shake with laughter. He was. Uh, when when I first met you like a, a very long time ago, it was a, I think I met Bellini probably the same day, probably at a theater in Toronto, you know the Skechersen show, right? And uh, I actually did stand up, and he was at the stand up show. So the, I don't think you were actually there. He was just at oh, a stand up okay. show, yeah. uh, coincidentally, and uh, I think he said something mildly complimentary to me after oh. like the at the end of the night, and I was just um, I was so into it, I was amazed. You get a compliment from Paul Bellini, yeah. you will like coast for weeks. But if I'm wrong, if, they, he, if he hears he this, he parses them out very, you know, I gingerly. Hmm? I, I noticed that from from listening to the podcast. Oh yeah, he's not he's not <laughs> sentimental. He does not believe in buttering people up. He would and he and he never lies. Is he just, one of your oldest just, friends? Yes, he is. And he he's tied in with Kids in the Hall as well. Yes, he exactly. Was mm-hmm. A writer. He was a writer on the show, and he's also uh, the towel guy. Yes, right. Right. Mark the, made him the, the towel the, guy. The poster, actually, the poster boy. Kind yeah, of for in Kids a, in the Hall. kind of a symbol, I guess, in a way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so when I started listening to the podcast, I'm like, who, who is this Paul Bellini? I know. <laughs> so I did a Google search. So I figured I knew him by I, face. When I loved, I mean, Bellini, it was like iconic to me when I was watching kids in the, in the 90s. I saw this guy, they were like, Bellini. And I was just like, oh, Bellini. He's that was why. I think he's got such a musical name. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, some, we, so many of us are blessed with names or not blessed with names. Mm-hmm. I'm not blessed with a na- great name. Scott Thompson does not have musicality to it. I, I don't like it. think Danko Jones has musicality. Yeah, I think it'd be I think hard, so. like hardcore, right? Kind of musicality. It's the d- d- it's yeah. the hard D yeah. and the card K. Yeah, it's very hard. It's like that, like Nordic death metal kind of sound. Bellini, yeah. Bellini's got some musical. Sounds like an opera. Balloon, Bellini, Bellini. Flanagan's also Flanagan's got a lot of musicality to it. Yeah, you know, I like Flanagan. I like the three syllable. Thing I think that having a name like Nick Flanagan or like Scott Thompson, the issue becomes you're not the only one. You know what I mean? That is true. Yeah, That's just, true because Scott Thompson is so common. The 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 new head of of Yahoo is Scott Thompson. I'm friends with two and Scott Thompsons on Facebook. Really? Yeah. I know the guy from PayPal is Scott Thompson. I mean, that's embarrassing. Oh, okay. Although my name does come up before the head of Yahoo, which is pretty that's nice. cool yeah. that I actually that nice. come up before the head of Yahoo. Is that on a, a, a straight Google search? Straight or? Google search. I think he'll probably have that changed now that he's the head. Right. Because he's right. probably going, what? Who the, fu- who the fuck's this guy? Who's this guy? Are you kidding me? He comes up before me? He could squash us like a bug. He, yeah, and there, yeah. so hopefully there's not going to be a big Nick Flanagan mogul out uh, there. There's already a golfer named Nick Flanagan. Is there? There yeah. was a golfer named Dan- Don Co. Jones. Don, D-A-W-N. She's from Canada. Really? see Peter McKay's new gr- gr- uh, wife? No. The Minister of Defense, he married this gorgeous Iranian woman. Oh, I heard about that. Tried she tried lingual. Did she she's she get in re- trouble with her nanny? 
Is that no, you're there? thinking. No, 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 no. You're thinking of she um, was gorgeous. Gorgeous. Um, the Indian hell. woman. From yeah, Brampton. She's hot as hell. What's her name? Not Rona Ambrose because she's not Indian. It's not that MTV VJ. Is that gorgeous? She's gorgeous. Yeah, she was. She was hot Ruby as hell. Dalla. Ruby Dalla. Ruby Dalla. I remember meeting her like year, like ten years ago, and going, "Oh my God, this woman's going to be the prime minister if she wants it." Yeah. But she screwed up with and the then, Filipino nannies. <laughs> you don't cross a Filipino nanny. <laughs> what I mean, people? Oh, Filipinos don't forget. Yeah. Get even. You don't do that. I lived there when I was a kid. You don't cross the Pinoy. You I'm, lived I'm in the Philippine. Philippines? I was hoping you might be. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I thought, I, I, I kind of guessed. Yeah. I'm looking and going, he's part Pinoy. I can I'm see Pinoy. it. I got, my Pinoy dar is very good. I, I, I read about... Like, Darwin! No. You're Darwin? <laughs> I'm not Darwin. <laughs> so you know a lot about Filipinos. Pedro? <laughs> yeah. No? no. Julio. June? Or June? June. June? I, I had an uncle June. Rodilio? Joji? You're Joji! Yeah, I know a Joji. I know a Joji. Rodilio. Eduardo. No. Eduardo? <laughs> very, very good name. <laughs> Big families? There's lots of people in, in the Philippines. Holy shit. When you, when you were... Uh, when I was 18. Out of high school. Yeah. yeah. I read about that. Yes. Which is an interesting thing. And I was thinking... Is that gonna come up? Of course, when it he is. comes here, will he be able to suspect? <laughs> I, yeah. I did because I because because I'm from a mixed marriage. Right. My my, uh, my mom tended to find other couples like that, right? And all their kids that I used to hang out with, you could tell they're Filipino. But always the girls when they were mixed with Filipino, they were the hottest girls in the school. Oh yeah. That's just my observation. Filipinos are gorgeous. Yeah, they're, they're well. Filipino women. When I was a child, they always dominated Miss Universe. The women's are, the the women are you know babes. You know who's sorry to cut you off, but you know who's half Filipino is um, uh, Enrique Iglesias. Really? No not, way. Not a lot of people know that. I Who didn't is? know that. Yeah. Full half. Full half. Half. Full half. His mom full is half. full Filipino. Really? Yeah. yeah. Not a lot of people know that she is. Uh, oh. But of course, in the Philippines, she's. Um, what do you call this? She's a socialite. She's yeah. Uh, so she's really star. light skinned, very light skinned, yeah. which is usually yeah. what happens. So, yeah, and uh, yeah, but but he, I don't, I don't know if he d- tells a lot of or makes it known. But Doesn't the Iglesias part, obviously, people are going to gravitate uh, towards his father, right? But yeah, where were you? Were you? In I was the, in um, um, uh, Nueva Vizcaya province, okay. in Ari, a town called Aritao. Okay, like about so you, 350 kilometers north of Manila. Okay, so you weren't in Manila. You, did you spend time I spent in a month. I spent time in Manila. I was bored with a family, and they hated me, and they got rid of me immediately. So, because they, were, they thought it was, a, they, they brought me in because, oh, it's a big, it was a big um, social coup to have a foreigner, but they didn't expect me. They thought they'd have some tall, blonde, you know, like, I don't know, basketball playing guy named Chip or something, right. some perfect, and I was just this messy, clumsy, It's only what they nerdy on guy. Yeah. They wanted Remington Steelers. And I broke something. My first day there, I broke a vase. <laughs> they were rich people. Oh, yeah. And then two days later, I was gone. 
Oh, that's and then nice. I but then I but then I spent Either most way. of my it was be, oh, better that way anyways because I was there for an election it was fascinating because the election was, oh, was so Marcos. fixed I was yeah. there in the Marcos era uh-huh. so it was so fixed I watched the election I watched them the Filipinos line up to vote and if they had a they were given if they had a pen they had to t- give the pen in and they had to get a pencil it was crazy. You was like, what? Oh, no, you couldn't vote with a pen. Wow. So you had to vote with a pencil. And then they had the ballot boxes, and there were no locks on the, on the, the um, I don't know what they, that, that, yeah. that snap or whatever, that right. clasp. And I was like, it's crazy. There were no, this was, this is late 70s, right? Yeah. There were no, there were no international observers. Or, the only international observer was me going, oh, my God. It was so cool. <laughs> I remember being with my Filipino family, the rich people, and they would just, like, bomb through Manila in this big car, and then no matter what they did, it didn't matter. If some cop stopped them, they just gave them some money and it was done with. They were really, they were a nasty family. And they were probably tied with uh, Mark. Absolutely. And then, the, then I was, but then I spent most of my time in the north in a very poor family, the Calusas uh-huh. in Aritau, 12 children. I lived in their home. Wow. It was phenomenal. No electricity, no running water. They were all super nice. Yes. Yeah. No no windows, no floors. Oh my god. So wait. Uh, we I, shit in a hole in the ground. I couldn't do that. We farmed with a carabao. It was crazy. I slept on a mat with like all the boys. I was freaked. Did I didn't have a bowel mover for ten days. Did you slaughter any animals? <laughs> I killed a chicken. Did you have balut? Of course. Oh my god. What's balut? What is it? Balut. I haven't even. What do you mean you haven't had balut? I am not eating it. It's you um, are so. It, no, it's uh, my mom told me what it was. I never. It's ate a. It. It's a fertilized duck egg. Okay. Boiled like it's a hard boiled fertilized duck egg. So in other words, it's a like a egg, a hard boiled egg, but inside it has a fetus. Oh, it is, at, yeah, a little, a little Huey, a little tiny fetus swimming. Right. Yeah, kind of. They're all different color. Or you can be different. You can be the yolk can actually not have the actual fetus. Sometimes the yolk has like a little tiny fetus swimming in like broth. Wow, it's a really freaky thing. Imagine there were aliens and and they farmed us, and there was some sort of uh, yeah. <laughs> a womb. Like, and everywhere you go in the Philippines, balloon. and I don't know what it's like. No, this is you know, this is thirty years ago when I was there. So everywhere you go, balu, 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 balu. Yeah, that's what and I it's, remember. And every you have to try. I mean, I'm a, I my thing is I'm very much when in Rome. So if if this is what you do, I'll do. I mean, within reason, okay. Yeah. Like you know, if I was in Bosnia twenty years ago, I probably wouldn't have gone. No, nah, I'm not gonna <laughs> drag the Muslim woman into a bush and yeah, rape right, her. You know what I mean? Maybe. Maybe that I won't do. But I will eat your borscht. Yeah. And so I'll have some of your special liquor. Sure. But no genocide. No. Yeah. But back when I was 18, I don't know. <laughs> I might have. Right. Right. I mean, That's I don't know what I would have done. At 18 years old, when I was in the Philippines, I was living in a di- it was a dictatorship. It was, there was like you know, insurrection in the hills. Uh-huh. In the area I lived in, there was full of the New People's Army. Right. So there were guerrilla, there was guerrilla activity yeah. and all that sort of thing went That's on. That's a real Filipino experience. It was amazing. It changed my life. How it long were you changed. there for? Well, I was in the program for 11 months. Right. And I was half of it was in this country, in the north, in Bonneville, Alberta, with my partner, my Filipino partner. And then the other half of the year was in Philippines. And it changed my life. How did it change your life? Because, okay, number one, okay, I grew up in a very, I grew up in Brampton in the 70s. I grew up in a time when Brampton was 
white. I mean, white, right. white, 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 white. Okay. It was right. a it was a Portuguese Anglo divide. The Portuguese mm. were the other. Right. And um, Anglo's were absolutely everything. And um, there was even a Catholic Protestant divide. And this is how old I am. I mean, yeah. and um, so I, but I grew up as a child. I was obsessed with the outside world. I wanted out so badly. And anybody I saw, anytime I saw anybody that was different, like an Indian girl or right. anybody foreign, I would just glom onto them like, right. who are you? Yeah. You're, what the hell's going on with you? You're my ticket you, out. Yeah. How did you get this color? <laughs> right, yeah. Take me. Yeah. yeah. Right? Not understanding that. That meant nothing. I was like going, oh, they must be exciting. Of course, you realize as you get older, people are exciting because they're exciting. People aren't exciting because they're black or Filipino or gay or any of those things. Those are just, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Although pornography would maybe make you think that people are exciting because of their race. Yeah. So, and then, and then, you know, and then basically. So the Philippines, the moment I, I left school, I was like, I'm getting out of here. I got, and anytime I see someone different, I'd be like, oh, I can't be- believe. That's why I'm obsessed with fruit. Because I saw, the first time I had a mango, I was like, oh my God, this is the world. There's such a big world out there. And so the Philippines, I went there. I'd never really known anyone that wasn't white, really. I'd never really known anyone that was really poor. I'd never been to the third world. I'd never been on a plane. I'd never seen anything. Right. And then this family took me in, this poor family, and it was shocking to me. Because, you know, like, like I was a good, like, liberal kid, and I wanted, you know, and I had all those values, and I was, I, I wanted to believe that everybody was the same. But, you know, and everybody says that, but I'm not, I don't know if people really believe it. And from when I was in the Philippines, it was this kind of like, this almost like, you, Forced into this belief system, like you've got to accept that we are all the same, and you can't go, you can't forget that. Like I would look at these people and go, they live in absolute poverty, yet they somehow find a way to be happy. Not that I'm going to like say, oh, the happy peasants. I mean, right. they shouldn't have to live like that. Yeah. But it made me realize that my God, they want the same thing. Like no. I would, I was living with people that I would see on National Geographic and going. <laughs> Oh my God! I'm here. Yeah, right. Like, they're not scary. You're Michael right. Jackson in the black or white videos. <laughs> they're not scary. They're like, oh my God! They just want. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! We're we're the same. It was just a shock to me. Yeah, right. that, I mean, so, that's a great experience. And it and affects my whole work. All my work. It's really, really. I think so. I think all my work is about. I think people might think that I'm a divider, but I don't think I am. I think my whole thing is I don't really worry about political correctness or stepping on anybody's toes because I, I feel very I, I feel very profoundly that everyone's the same and everybody wants the same thing. So my job is to bring things out of the darkness and, and put them in the light and go, look, it's not that big of a deal. Have you been back? Three times. Twice. Twice I've been back, yeah. Oh my God, that's more. I went back. I've been back to. Um, uh, I went back years later when I had money, um, after the kids in the hall to visit my family and to give them some bit oh, of money. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, and it was very difficult because this is it's this is before the age of instant communication. Even right. like we're just talking fifteen years ago. Yeah, but you still no texting. Couldn't. No, yeah. even when I was there, it was my parents wouldn't hear from me for months. Right. Oh. 
Yeah. Months. Yeah. And they get these aerograms, these letters that were actually envelopes. One sentence or something? Yeah, you know, you'd write everything in then. And you never even knew. You know, back then it was a dictatorship and you didn't know if your mail was being opened. Right. And But um, anyways, what, what did you ask me before? What if was... you'd been back. Yes, I went back and uh, it was difficult because I, 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 I had to cross a cultural taboo, which is, and I kind of screwed up. I wanted to give them some money to help them out. But it meant that by doing that, that shamed the father. Oh. And Charity. I, I screwed up. So he wouldn't take it. So then I, what I had to do was I had to do it through the, one of the sisters. And, right. And then she had to do it. Yeah. kind of understand It that. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I had no idea what I was doing. Right. But and, your heart was in the right place. Yes. And then uh, also, then the th- second time I went back and I met some people. <laughs> I told them what it, this guy that I used to hang out with when I when he'd been part of my my um, what was it Bacada, my gang, and I wanted to tell him that <laughs> that I was gay. Oh. <laughs> That's probably not a good yeah, call. No, with what I, I remember, he just looked at me like I hadn't said it, and then we continued talking, and I just went, "Oh, okay, this is not meant." To yeah, be. maybe not. Yeah, he just, he pretended I hadn't said it. Well, uh, you've heard of Metallica. Of course. But uh, Kirk Hammett, the guitar player, he's half Filipino. Okay. And he emailed me once out of the blue. He got my email from a a mutual friend and he he said, we know who you are. Hey, Pinoy, we know who you are. (laughs) You guys are such a complicated... And I was... I'm the biggest Metallica fan. I almost had a heart attack. We know who you are. We know know what you are. We know what you are. We know that you're Filipino. Yeah, that's what he meant. Yeah, we know what you are, Pinoy. (laughs) So that was pretty heavy. Well, you guys have a strange... I never get Jewish emails like that. You don't? No, I never get like... You know, Woody Allen writing me and saying, hey, I know, we know like, you're a Jew. I know your mom's Flat again. <laughs> we know what you are. <laughs> you, you never, you, you, have you thought about Jewicizing your name? I was, I've given it thought. My you're in showbiz. My mother's last name You're in comedy. Nick Liebman. And now appearing. That thought has even crossed my mind about you. Of me changing my name? Yeah. yeah. I would do it. I think it would be an interesting way to reinvent. I kind of feel like I'm in the process of a slight shift me, in my brain. Nick well, you definitely read Jewish more than Irish. <laughs> yeah. Flan, Flanafarb yeah. or Flanafarb? But I kind of don't want to lose the Flanagan. I, I like it. No, it's, it's kind of fun. weird, fun thing to it. So, oh, I've been yeah. thinking about... I, I should probably change my name. I could... I I could probably pull off Jewish. Okay, so I mean, I've always people always think you have a slightly I'm rabbinical air. I sometimes <laughs> a rabbinical air. Does that mean I'm like kind of a? Um, does that make me like a snob? Or no, no. I just mean you know when you kind of uh, start start uh, getting into subjects. I you know it's it's. I feel like I, I've read a lot of books. <laughs> yeah, I feel like <laughs> that makes me Jewish. I've read a, the Torah. I'm, I'm bookish. Jewish. <laughs> Well, I do like, I certainly love the idea of like studying like religious texts. Yeah. In a monastery or some sort of a, you know, a cloister. You like the idea. I love the idea. And I I love the idea of being a Jesuit. I thought that would have been really cool living in a, in a drafty castle with a group of men swanning around in robes, barefoot, secret sex. You know, secret sex in the cloisters. The Pope just made an announcement. Two days ago about I gay know. marriage. Not into it? 
No, he's I'm not in the gay marriage. He's just in the back. It's gonna he, destroy humanity. Yeah, oh, he yeah. just he's gonna destroy humanity. It's not just, he's We've just got to keep gay where it should be, which is just getting blowjobs from right. Other We're all, yeah. So that's what he meant in in the corners of the Vatican. Oh, that's, that's what he really meant. You don't need to get. Oh. He says you don't need to put a ring on it. Is what he meant to say. Because when I read cock about ring. it, I'm like, put a cock, put a cock, ring, cock on ring on it. <laughs> you don't need to put another ring on it. Toronto, like at the, in terms of introducing the sort of gay themes to kids in the hall stuff at that time, like how, what was the acceptance level? It was a struggle every moment. Yeah? Really? Constant, constant battle. Because even after Buddy Cole kind of lifted off? Constantly. Constantly. But that was the, for me, that was the anchor uh, no, every character of of the show for me. I waited for. Well, Buddy I would Cole say it would be. Out. I would say the number one character would have been the head crusher. Oh right, Probably. yeah, yeah, that was. But Buddy's definitely something. one of the anchors. But for, no, but for yeah. me, but for yeah. me, I waited. Oh, is is this week gonna have a? Uh, I didn't know his name at the time, but if yeah, Buddy the Cole, lounge guy, the bar yeah. guy. No, they were always the struggle. Like I mean, there was Paul and I were talking about it the other day. Like there, like you know, this whole debate about bullying and gay kids and that. Even back when I was doing the Kids in the Hall show, you couldn't even say that a child was gay. That Because because yeah. even then, and right. I'm still, oh. because homosexuality and pedophilia, right. people have linked them in their minds. And mm-hmm. I don't care how progressive people say they are, in their dinosaur brain, it's still there. Mm-hmm. So the, there was this piece that we wrote called Uncle Buddy. And it was about Buddy Cole being like a surrogate father figure to all these gay children. <laughs> right. And it caused us stink. Just because of a gay man. A gay man children. talking to a, a feminine right. gay boy. Right. right. They could not separate the fact that Buddy didn't want to diddle the kid. Right. And, I, and people say that that's not what they're thinking, but it is. And so it was not allowed. Interesting. So there was no way I could ever mention that. And so that would be so co- constant battles. Hate mail? Yes, they kept a lot of it I from is, me. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah, good. I can, I can yeah. see yeah. that. But you know, they kept. I, I didn't get a lot of it, but I definitely knew there was. But there is one one little thing I, I wanted to to tell you is that in in doing a little bit of research on on catch, catching up with you and stuff, right. uh, I found out about uh, the Hollow Planet. I had oh, yeah. no idea that you had oh. done. I'm writing uh, the second one right now, and and reading it, 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 how it ends, it's like, well, this can't just end. No, of course it's not. It's got to keep going. You've read the whole planet, yeah? Oh. You read the whole thing. I, I, read, I read the whole thing. I'm so excited. I, I feel so lame. <laughs> I, I didn't. But uh, yeah. the, the, it's very I, big in Israel. I'm gonna pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell you what. I'll, Filipino girl in it. Too. I'll get a copy the, of it and oh, I'll fly oh, to Israel. The, uh, the girl at the, the, at the, the office with the, with the bikini. No, no, no. The Dan, the girl he meets at the office just before he disappears. You know, the thought crossed my head. Oh, she's head coming that, back. That yeah, that was the one he could have been with. That's right. right. Um, but when when I when I realized that this character you had on Kids in the Hall, the office guy, yeah. had a name. Yeah, you, it actually had a name beyond just these office characters. Um, I realized that growing up watching Kids in the Hall, that. Danny Huss character was kind of like my dad. Oh, okay. And I didn't yeah. want 
to be in an office. Yes. And I went to high school, like an academic kind of, they gear you for university. And um, all my, most of, I'd say 80, 70% of the people I went to high school with are now in offices, yeah, right. engineers, doctors. And here I was, you know, I wasn't really, I was listening to Black Flag and Metallica. Right. And when I'd see these skits, people who were also from my hometown making fun of these people, right. it really gave me the boost to go, I'm not going to go. Right. And I went into fine arts. Yeah. And I went into York Fine Arts. I went to film. Oh, you went to York. And it was because of, partly because of what I didn't know with Danny Husk. But it's funny because you see 20 years later, Danny's when Danny's a different kind of a figure now, like a figure of sympathy in a way. Like when I first started... I, I've noticed that turn with how you presented him. Yes, because like because when we first started, like the kids in the hall, um, you know, and we started writing our things, we have different themes. One of the themes that, that I think creeps up a lot in our work uh, is the corporate structure and the corporate world. Yeah. And, That's and we I'm... all had, I mean, we all had, we had two personas, each of us, in that corporate world. We had the secretary, the female, which in those days, 20, 25 years, really, it wasn't like it is now. So we all had a secretary character and we all had a businessman character. And they were very different men and women. But they all worked at AT and Love, et cetera. They all worked in that, you know, mm. imaginary world we created. But in those days, it was like the enemy was the straight white male in the suit. It was my enemy. Yes. As but, I was approaching university. But I don't see that anymore. That's why I right. think in many ways in that journey, if I was if I was 24 now and I was on and I had a television show, that would not I don't think right. I would be going after that because I look at the straight white male now and I go, "Oh, you poor guys, you can't do shit." People are putting the, the the people in offices, but they're they're sympathetic. You know, they're wholly sympathetic characters, or they're partiers, like that workaholic show. The on, office, on, and uh, office yeah. space. And yeah, it's, it's it's a different men, men, mentality. Well, the power structure is different now. Like if I was doing that now, my Danny Huss would probably be a forty year old white woman with an overly politicized body and a Chinese girl that she adopted on her own (laughs) working, trying to have it all. Right. That would be my enemy pushing her Chinese girl around while flat doing flashcards and talking on the phone to, you know, some outsourcing people in New Delhi while flashing. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and going, my my Pilates class and all the rest of it, it would not be some poor straight white guy doofus in a suit because I'm more sympathetic to them now. Because at the time of the airing of those, of those skits, that was uh, those were the people in charge, and absolutely they've been laid off. The whole dream of that we know now it doesn't work exactly. Yeah. And and not, and also you look at men today. Men are the men I think in the West are in far more trouble than women. It's like you look at the state of the male today and all the jobs that have been lost, they're all from manufacturing. There are all those working class jobs are going, etc. Women are soaring. They're soaring in the universities. They're, you know what I mean? They're doing great in school. It's boys that are in trouble. It's also the way I'm fucked. Look at my shoulders. They slump. Look at naturally. you. <laughs> it, it, it's true. I so I, I would it, it, my Danny Huss would be a woman. Right. 
you know, because I, I really think that sexism, I just, I'm, that's what I talk a lot in my, in my act right now, is, is a two-way street. And there's an awful lot of sexism coming from women. What you have to say You get caught up in traffic Cause every day's a bad day What do you do you don't want to What's happening this year? 2012, year of Scott Thompson. Oh, this is the year for me This is the year um, I'm gonna, um, hopefully I'm gonna go on tour I'm gonna do a stand-up tour And hopefully it'll turn into a one-man show That's great I'm going to, um, I just signed with a new manager Um I'm going to be doing book two of The Hollow Planet. Oh, no, that's... And I'm in, in talks with a company to turn the series into an animated film. As you are, you mentioned, and I overheard you talking to Nick on Monday at the comedy night, you're starting from scratch with your stand-up material, and now you're saying you're going to go on tour. Have you seen that movie with Jerry Seinfeld oh, yeah. called Comedian? As, as, as for someone like me, even in, in music... Yeah. It was a fascinating... I love that movie. I loved yeah. it, too. It, it's, of course. Yeah. You just really have to admire them. It makes you fall in love more so with the craft. If you're it doing does. it, you know, yeah. it really makes you realize... It does. Like, and the, the, and the, the Joan Rivers movie, too. Oh, yeah. That was great. I got to see that. You know, yeah, piece of work is very good. Yes, it is. I yeah. just love the process that they were able to to, to But the Joan Rivers on one tape. is almost a little scary because... It is a little it, scary. It shows that even at the... Tail end, you know, when you're in your golden years, yeah, not, you are enjoying it, but you're really you can't shake it. I was thinking about that the yeah, other day about how it is like, especially with standups, it's like it's like junkies, it's man. addiction. They're calling you if you have a show, and they're like, "Can I get on tonight? I know. Can I get? Can I get five minutes tonight?" And it's like, because you, you know, and it's it's because they want the class. And I never. It took me many many years to fall in love with it that way. Yeah. And then it's a good and a bad thing because now I'm like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. I do get it, but I like to. I mean, I, I've been. I, I started building the act last year when I toured with Kevin, and um, but I think I, I just want by the end of this year, I want like, like I want an hour and a half of material. Wow! So so yeah. three out of the five kids are doing stand up. Yeah. yeah, wow! That's how unsuccessful we've been post Kids in the Hall. <laughs> but that's great because you know comedy troops are actors. They can you know they're really actors yes. underneath it all. The mark of the real comedy troupe is is the right if they write Writing. their own material, yes. but then if they can do stand up, that's like your uh, triple threat. Almost. I think so, and that's I mean I'm, I'm so proud of us as a group, and uh, yeah, like, I mean I don't want to. No, you know, I am, and we never even talk. True. I am. I'm so proud. It's ridiculous, and you know, I, there's part of me, lots of me, that thinks, "Geez, we've had a hard time." Since we haven't had it easy, we haven't had it easy like the SNL people or the. SCTV Especially people. Especially in Canada. I like, feel... Seriously, yeah. why, we're nowhere. I'm sorry. Yeah. And Mark you should, is the only guy who's really Mark, around. At, behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. But you shouldn't yeah. even be the one to say it. Everybody no, should I shouldn't be, be. saying it no. for it's, you. It's, it's wrong for me to say it. It's embarrassing for me to say it. But no one else is... <laughs> but no one's saying <laughs> no it. No one's saying it. No one's saying it. I don't even guest on television shows. Yeah. I'm not on Doyle. No one's making a big deal about me being on the Republic of Doyle. Hey, bye. Who's this new game? You know? I can 
what? No one's fucking that's asking Doyle. me to be on. That's my Doyle too. That's a good Doyle. Is Doyle a Canadian? Yeah. Republic of Doyle. It's about I think a detective in Newfoundland. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And now it's got Russell Crowe is the guest star this week, and they're making oh, a huge to do. Oh my god! It. I saw the commercial God. for that. Okay, um, now they I wouldn't. Know. They wouldn't remotely do that for a Canadian. No. Yeah, I know. Never. I, I was like, I watched the commercial. I said, okay, Russell Crowe knows the producer, director. <laughs> and it's great that they're doing him. that because I think sure. that that Canadian should be a little more star oriented. Absolutely. But, you but know. it's star oriented to But they wouldn't an be doing that if it was actor. Dave Foley. No. no. They wouldn't be going, Dave Foley. No. On way. Arctic Air. No, it would be like buried in the credits. Were you happy like, oh. with the response to uh, Death Comes to Town? Not remotely. Really? No. In Canada specifically? Not at all. It didn't lead to anything. I'm happy with the product. Yeah. I'm, I love it. Right. Yeah, but it was great. And it didn't really open any doors for us. I mean, it was, I thought it would, but it did not, no. It's like walking into a storage closet, looking through it, and then you leave. Yeah, like it didn't do anything. <laughs> like no one, uh, most people ask me, what are you doing now? When are the kids in the hall going to do something again? I'm like, we did a series. Yeah, nobody yeah. knows. That's just. But that's that seems to happen with Canadian TV brutally, where things. I know, but we were on American and Canadian TV, yeah. and the the American ones, same no. nothing. I have seen no one. If you want your career to die, go to IFC. Yeah, I mean, unless you're Portlandia. Oh, really? Portlandia is doing great. Yeah. It's getting tons of attention. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. But no one ta- and David Cross's show gets more attention than ours did. Have you talked to fans and stuff about Death Comes to Town? People they, love they it. All loved it, but. Most fans don't even know. Fans are will all. Well, I would think that Kids in the Hall fans will always have the antenna up as to what you guys are doing. Yeah. I knew about Death Comes to yeah. Town, but I thought it would be. A, I thought that's what we would cross over with. But it's yeah. when you get, you know, it's the same with with being in a band. Is like first, it's your friends and your family. Then when you notice people you don't know coming to right. the shows, and then when you notice people that you're like. I would never in a million years yeah. cross paths with this person. You know, that's when you know things are going. And I thought that. What I thought, death. I thought, wow, we're old enough that we've mellowed enough that maybe we're actually going to be at the right time. Maybe Shouldn't we're not rerun? too far ahead of our time. But Shouldn't no. the reruns have caught everybody up with everything? No. It just didn't. Do you think it was that it was a, a miniseries presented in that? Partly. Sense? I think that, like everything we do, I honestly, and this is probably arrogant of me I just think we're always ahead of the curve and I even was, now even as I, middle-aged men we still are and I was that was what I was so proud of to be Canadian I'm like I don't like this about Canada I don't like this but we got kids in the hall so that's fine yeah you know you can you guys can have SNL but we've got kids in the hall and it's infinitely more cooler yeah than, I just wish that it, it, it made I just wish it brought a little more money in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's what kills me. Like, are you, like, me and Dave and Kevin, we all were, we did stand up this last year, and then Dave Foley and Kevin and I were actually in the same city at one point, Chicago. So the three of us did our show together. Oh, wow. And it was yeah. amazing. And I was so proud of us going, here we are. We're like, you know, middle aged guys. We're still kicking it old school. That's great. And we're killing, yeah. and we're not on television, and we all have financial problems right and yet we're out there doing stand up I'm going I'm so proud of us I could just burst because you don't see that you don't see the SNL people out there in all doing all that they don't have to they've got money and homes and all the rest of it but it didn't work for us you know Mark's doing great Bruce is doing great and but Mark McKinney should be on camera 
Yeah, Mark, he's such a... He's Mark's such so a brilliant. Like, really? Yeah, well, I mean... He does less than kind. It's a great show, but Mark should be on camera. I remember seeing him at the... Uh, the, the show you did years ago. Executive producing. Oh, the, okay. the hall show that you guys did at Massey Hall. He, he, was, he, he looked like he was shot out of a cannon at that show. He's amazing. He was just like... It was, it was so fun. I mean, everyone was great, but he was really... You could see yeah. he was just like... Loving it. Because he never gets the chance to perform. And, like, you know, the last time Mark really was acting was in, like, uh, Slings and Arrows. Yeah. And um, but in less than kind, he's not. He's and he executive produces Picnic Face too. Yes. So he's gone behind the scenes. I mean, do you think so? Is Bruce? There's something with with a show like yours where it's uh, like kids in the hall, where it's it's uh, a self-contained universe of a sort. It is. And that do you think in a sense that does that with uh, maybe when people see you, they think of you. Within that universe, I do, strictly? and I also think, unavoidable. The yeah. And they do, were they so... ju- and they just assume that it's almost like those characters are real because they all we you know AT and Love characters meet other people like uh-huh. like Green Acres and uh, Petticoat Junction. Like characters go in and out of other people's lives. It seems like a real world, mm-hmm. um, and maybe people just assume that we're all gainfully employed and that we're t- I think that's incredibly rich case. and we don't need to work. But God, we need to work. Like I and I mean I'm not and I'm not Dave Foley, and I mean everyone knows Dave Foley's problems because of Mark Maron's podcast. Yeah, you go on a podcast, you. Uh, you, you Honest, you here's the thing. This is the, I heard about it when it was more first people yeah. listen to that podcast than saw Death Comes to Town, uh, and that's not even an exaggeration. Really? Yes. How do we leave this on a hopeful, happy... Oh, Man. it's the year of Scott. I forgot. Is that a, is that a hopeful note? My whole thing is my, my ethos is now is just do shit. I, I love that. Yeah. do shit. I do my podcast. I make my fruit blog. I do my stand-up. Uh-huh. I write my graphic novels. None of those things pay me. <laughs> Nothing. Really? That's but very... You offered to pay me the other night. Yes, I did. Well, 25 bucks. Okay, okay, not they, a they ton of pay. money. <laughs> okay, but I, I'm paying the... I think eventually things will catch fire. I look at fruit blog and I go... I don't know if people quite. I don't know what it is. So, but what even is but the take, money? But that's good. Money? That's a good reaction. Yeah. It's but take solace in the fact that it's all quality stuff. I I am think so. entertained by it. Uh, I mean, if you put them all together, it's it's hours of entertainment. I think the so. Comic book and the food yeah. Blog and so and I hope podcast. I hope this year I get to. I'm hopefully this year I'm going to consolidate my mini empire Remember and we, actually be a little more like you know Kevin Smith. With his yes, smodcast network, a little network. smarter about I, it. I think I think it's all there, and I think the only the only thing uh, waiting is the is a meeting. You got to make. You need to have a business strategy. And I think, strategy that, I think the right manager uh, is yeah. going to say, "Look, you're all over the map. You yeah. got to you got to consolidate, put this stuff together." So what everyone says to me too is like, yeah. "What are you doing? Like, because I'm doing like eight different, like yeah, so many too. different things, and some of them don't feel like the like I do kids TV writing, but I don't relate it." Yeah. To do, I to stand it, but that's what, all, that's you know? what you're doing. You got to do that. I got yeah, you do. Because yeah. he just decided to. My, I decided like when I got better, like okay, I'm gonna make myself a brand, but yeah. I haven't done it very well because I've been kind of overwhelmed. Merch. Well, yeah, you, you've been and you've been in Canada, which is a very hard place to make yourself a, a brand because if you're an this country is allergic to stardom. Yeah, we don't and like even if like you it. say you're if you want to be a star, that's considered that's, very un-Canadian. You have uh, Nickelback being the the face of the band. Of the, Why do people hate Nickelback so much? What's that all about? He toured. Uh, Dango. I don't hate them. Why would you hate them? We, we toured with them. And I'm not, I don't hate them. I'm not. I'm not presenting them. But as why do people hate them so? Much? I think they hate them because of because first of all, it's 
Canada, so people hate the most famous yes. things in Canada. But they're also but they're also hated across the board. Across I mean, in America too. They I mean, are. Yeah. And then at the same time, but they sell millions of albums. Ontarian, they sell millions of albums because it's it's Ontarian douchiness. <laughs> you know, like writ large. Are they from Ontario? Or are they from no, BC? they're from uh, BC, Alberta originally. Yeah, but I gotta I say, know. I gotta say, when you you they were the night they treated us so nice, and they're whether people I'll, I'll tell at the last show of the tour, it was such a class move. We've learned from this. They uh, sent us a nice bottle of wine with a card. All the guys in the band signed it, and they said, thank you for the tour. They didn't have to do anything. No. Now I've changed my mind. They were so yeah. nice, so, you know, um, approachable, and it... I mean, Is that what the problem? Because, you know, that old phrase, nice guys, bad band. It could be. Have you ever heard that? Maybe they're, they're, they're the, the large-scale version of that. What did I hear? Like, yeah, like, but that's the like... The biggest assholes who I've met in, in rock are the guys who you didn't know about eight months ago. And they, they're the band of the month or band of the week, yeah. and they treat you and everybody like shit. Because they're drunk. No, no, famous. because they got on no, the yeah. cover of NME, yeah, or huh. they got talked up in Pitchfork, et cetera, et cetera. And even some of my friends who have gone on to get a little more popular, they've adopted a big a bit of an attitude, you know? Where I've had to, every time I meet them, I take them down a notch. You yeah. can take out your little hammer. You have knock to knock them down. I know when I meet people now that I see that that are on top, and I remember what that was like or whatever we were, and I like, oh, you're you're just yeah. you're cruising for a bruising, as my dad would say. Yeah, and I like I'm not gonna say who these people are, no, but I I, there's some of them. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> you think this is gonna last forever? Oh my, you don't have no idea. Would, it will end so quickly, you won't even know it's over. Would you say that that is something that you know? Happens universally. What we've gone through with the kids in the hall to some extent is something that you've said. Some people don't. Some people manage to hang in there forever. Um, like Tommy Hunter or something. Well, if you, you know Tommy <laughs> Hunter, <laughs> I was going to say Madonna, but Tommy Hunter is also a good one. <laughs> she does often cite him as a huge influence. <laughs> Which is not talking about Juliet. Well, he's able to change with the times. <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, generally most, yeah, you're going to fall. Yeah. And I think there's no, it's just natural. And, um, it makes you stronger. It does make you stronger. You know, you don't, uh, that's how you, you don't make, you know, diamonds without pressure or just coal. <laughs> but well, you are going to fall. And then you have to remember when you fall, you're going to meet the same people. Yes. And that's it, a hard lesson We've learned over the years. Yeah, it's true. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I was a total asshole, but I definitely had my asshole years. Asshole-ish. Absolutely. Same here. And I thought that I wasn't. So what's behavior that should, if, if you're doing it, you might not know it, but you're being an asshole. You be nice to everyone. Uh-huh. And you always be nice to people that are lower than you on the totem pole. When I see people who are really successful and at the same time very loved, and you meet them, they're the nicest, nicest. people. That is absolutely yeah. true. You meet the biggest, biggest stars are quite often the nicest. From my spectrum, Dave Grohl is the nicest guy in music. He absolutely is. I met him myself. He was a great guy. So I think nice. that that's, that's part of what attracts... I was, I've thought, thought about this over the last years, but that's what attracts people to people. Is, is yeah. they sort of, there's something real that's generally at the root of famous people in their personality or successful you know, like star types where they... There's something you can tell. You can relate to them. Yeah, this is true because I've met some huge stars and going, oh, God, they're so nice. And then you meet people that aren't that big and they're the biggest 
right. dicks right. ever. Because <laughs> they're insecure. Oh. You're like, why did this person never succeed? Before you meet them, you think that, and then you meet them, and you go, oh. Yeah, or you meet them, and you go, why, why did they fall? And you go, oh, you're yeah. a dick. He's a dick. But, you know, anyway, you know, just got to be, and also, like, number th- things, like, you have to remember that you got to be, you got to, you got to be nice to everyone, and you got to be nice to chambermaids, you got to be really nice to limo drivers and waiters and all those people, because they're the ones that talk. Yeah, yes, yeah. and I, I mean, I'm always, whenever I'm at a restaurant or something, and then I get recognized, well, then I got to up the tip. You do. <laughs> you got to up the tip, man. Once you're famous, you can't go you 20% and above, and that's the end of it. Yeah, I got it. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, you, do you, you do, and I remember when we were when the kids in the hall <laughs> were on the off. top, and we would ask like limo drivers. We'd always get the same names over and over and over again. Who was the, who are the biggest assholes? Who are the people? Who are the most impossible people? Is it same people? Is there a statute of limitations to pass on those names? Whitney Houston. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, sure. Yeah, she was the name that came out more than anyone. That's pretty awesome. Well, now and not not surprising. Yeah, this is before yeah. it all broke. Before yeah, right. You know, Crackgate. She's a diva, yeah. <laughs> She's such a diva. But I'll, I'll tell yeah. you, I mentioned, I mentioned that we might be getting you on the podcast to a few people. And? And they, one, one person said, I've never met him, but I've heard he's a really nice guy. Oh, uh, that's nice to hear. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I've, more important to me than anything. Yeah. I've loved, uh, I've, I've always felt the same way. You've always been a very sweet man. And I've, Thank you. I always like having you on shows. It's always, it's always so ex- And everyone always gets so excited, too. It's like, it's really funny whenever, whenever you drop in on some show, what we're doing, it's like immediately, suddenly I realize, like, oh, this, there is actually a Canadian star system. To oh, yeah. Them. I noticed it yeah. on Monday when you yeah. Monday, yeah, it was all about that. So, yeah. I was like, <gasps> you make me cry. Well, that's, this is a crying friendly <laughs> well, zone. It was funny because when you walked into the club, I don't know if you noticed this, but when I, when we shook hands, I mean, you didn't know who I was. You no. were just being, I, I'll be honest, I thought you were cute. Oh, oh shit. shit. I did. I noticed him. That's good. But uh, Sloan's. <laughs> Sloan's song "Underwhelmed" was, oh, was playing it? in the yeah. background, and I texted, uh, going, ah, "He's a bit underwhelmed with you." <laughs> Sloan's "Underwhelmed" was playing. Oh, I heard you were in a punk band. I was. Myself. Maybe you were the. No, I was a terrible singer. I took my clothes off a lot. I did. I did too. Yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that. Yeah. And you were probably in better shape than I was. When you you look like you're in pretty good shape. I was in pretty good shape. I did a lot of monitor fucking. <laughs> I did a lot of that. I had a few different. I, I, my favorite. I, we were actually talking about this last week. We have a lost episode. We we're talking about moves, frontman moves, and I would run around like crazy. And eventually, I broke my arm doing that. Okay. And, yeah, I got this scar. Oh, nice. Oh, I've had many of those breaks. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, I started liking the just standing in place and kind of you know like standing in place is very powerful. Yeah. That's one thing I've realized yeah, too. That there's a real power in not moving. Like, I used to move too much. And I go, if you just stand there. Henry Rollins mastered Rollins. That. Oh, yeah. yeah. They just look at you. And that's what I realized. Like, oh, I don't have to do anything. No. I'm going to whisk Bring guys. them to you. I'm yeah. Go to the bathroom. Yeah, go. Is that the way to end it? We're done. Because yeah. yeah. I got to go, too. You go yeah, first. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Danko. <laughs>
Don't fuck.